out by a mile, but I ripped those spikes across your leg and I growl, How do you like that, you nigger? He thrust his long white nose close to my black one. Tell me, boy, what do you do then? His acting was so convincing that I found myself chain-gripping my fingers behind my back. But Mr. Ricky wasn't waiting for an answer. He was taking off his coat, rolling up his sleeves. His mobile face had suddenly taken on a droll, cunning look. Well, let's say I'm a hotel clerk. You come in with the rest of your team? I look up from the register and I snarl? We don't let niggas sleep here. What do you do then? Again, before I could answer him, the smudgy cigar shot toward my chin, and he was suddenly an umpire waving his huge fist too close under my nose, banishing me from the ball game. As a race-baiting fan, he hurled pop bottles and insults. When the performance was over, his shirt was soggy with sweat, his hair matted. His curtain line explained everything. It was the most dramatic I have ever heard, before or since. Jackie, this talk of organizing a Negro team in Brooklyn was only a cover-up for my real plans. I want you to be the first Negro player in the major leagues. I've been trying to give you some idea of the kind of punishment you'll have to absorb. Do you think you can take it? I, I don't know, I said. I was sweating as much as he was. I told Mr. Ricky that whenever anybody roughed me up, I'd always hit back. Tell me, my boy, he said gently. How can you strike back most effectively, not just for yourself, but for all the people of your race? By hurling a bat at some poor, ignorant race baiter? By brawling with a pitcher who tries to bean you because he hates Negroes? No, no, son. This battle is one we can't fight our way through. Do you see what I mean? I was beginning to. But the thing that impressed me most just then was the fact that he had used the word we. At that word, a lot of the loneliness went out of my life, and it has seldom returned. For the first time in a long while, I felt I had someone behind me. This square man, I instinctively knew, was to be more than a boss in the front office. He would be a friend. A deep well of strength, a take-charge man who would be with me all the way. Thus, I became the first Negro in white baseball's 70-year history. For the people of my race, this was a heroic saga, and I was the hero. For years, it was my name that was in the headlines, but the real hero of the story was Branch Rickey. It may seem like an overstatement, but I really believe that in breaking down the color barrier in baseball, our national game, he did more for the Negroes than any other white man since Abraham Lincoln. He helped bring about a new national outlook on race relations. When he began this courageous crusade, Mr. Rickey was 60. His family was urging him to retire. In fact, they had thought he was heading for green pastures when he resigned as vice president and general manager of the Cardinals. He had money in the bank, six children, a lot of grandchildren, a beautiful farm, a reputation as the canniest of baseball executives. But he came home to dinner one night and calmly announced to his wife, Let's get packed, mother. We're moving to Brooklyn. Not the bums, a daughter wailed. I consider them a challenge, said Mr. Ricky firmly. Brooklyn organizations, the fans, the New York sports writers had never met anyone quite like Mr. Ricky. He could remember the names and batting averages of 300 players, yet he was so absent-minded that he once left his wife in Pennsylvania Station and boarded the train without her and without his tickets.
a student of the Bible, Latin, the Greek classics. He was a polysyllabic orator whenever it was convenient, sports writers asking simple questions about a player trade or some pending deal that Mr. Ricky wanted to keep in the secret file would find their ears bent by a lengthy parable or discourse. On one of these occasions, after rounding their oratorical bases for about 15 minutes, Mr. Ricky benignly asked the newsman, Does that answer your question, my boy? The reporter blinked. I don't know, sir. I've forgotten what it was. Asked at a news conference if he would influence Leo DeRocher's choice of a coach for the Brooklyn team, he answered, Generally speaking, in a rather abstract fashion, no. But it is a probability. You might even say I might, and could, and should, perhaps. In a hypothetical situation, that is. As Casey Stengel often observed, the only difference between I and Ricky is that he executes college.